Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Come meet me at the museum with Alan and Daniel. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We're going to talk about the Cardinals all night long. And we welcome you to another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptoff, C70 at the bat, at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Alan Menlock from... Red Dirt, Red Bird, and A Medlock One on Twitter. We are coming to you on Thursday night. Um, it is that was a mess of a game that we're going to have to talk about here in a little bit. But thankfully, a little bit more positive things from this week. But before that, Alan, we've got to get started on the biggest news that is in Cardinal Nation had nothing to do with Cardinals, um, at least not directly. Um, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim uh, released Albert Pujols today. Albert Pujols, um, yeah, we don't have to talk about Albert. Everybody knows Albert Pujols is Albert Pujols. Um, but uh, I don't think, Alan, if, 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 Card- if Albert Pujols was here, or maybe other places too, but if he was in St. Louis and was hitting – 184 or whatever he's hitting right now with three home runs or whatever. I just don't see the Cardinals flat out releasing him out of the blue. I think that's a situation where they kind of come together and figure things out. Right. Yeah, I would think so. I completely agree with that. It's uh, I mean, you could kind of look at the Matt Carpenter situation and kind of tell that that's just not the kind of ball club they are. Mm-hmm. Or, or let's look at it this way. Look at the Brett Cecil situation. 
that they yeah. were trying to get every drop out of that investment. If they would have made this long-term deal with, with Pujols that they wanted to after 11, there's almost no chance. This blindsided me. I th- feel like it blindsided the broadcast as well because they were really doing some digging and to find out what went on, and there may have been an issue after the ball game last night or maybe even before the ball game last night in Anaheim that, that may have caused some of this situation and the fact that he had big numbers against the, against Yarborough and wanted to play and they didn't play him, and, and I, it just came to a head. I still don't see this situation ever happening in a St. Louis-type deal with a, with a player like Albert. Um, so there's probably a lot more to the story. There may be some disgruntled and, and unhappy long before we, we hear, or, or this move was made, but I just, I, you can't tell me that you can't tell me that even with the best player in the game out there, even when you have, uh, um, you know, you, you sign a huge free agent third baseman last year and you're, you're bringing in your moving parts you still can't tell me that Pujols doesn't help the team enough as a DH to sell tickets that it's that it's not a worthwhile investment. I just I just don't believe it. Yeah, I'm I'm really I mean, and again, you're looking at a team right now that is 13 and 16, sitting in last in the AL West, a team that has been outscored by 27 runs already this year. It's not a team that looks like it's going anywhere. Now, obviously, things can change. We're still just a month into the season. They're only like four games out of first or whatever. But it, it just doesn't feel like, you know, with all the other teams that are out there in the West, that they're a team that's going to go anywhere. And when you have that kind of commitment to a guy, you know, what I don't know what his contract was for this year, but it's got to be close to $30 million if it wasn't exactly that. Um, to just pay him to go away, uh, especially a guy that's been there for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, it's not that this is a guy that you've had a couple of years and he just hasn't produced and it's, it's time to part. I mean, this is not only a guy that's been part of, you know, it was, you wanted to make us a cornerstone of your franchise. Now, granted, if you knew Mike Trout was coming up, you might not have done, done things differently, but um, you wanted to make him a cornerstone of your, or at least a face of your franchise. And, you know, just to, to outright release him with, what it seems to be, and again, we may not know the whole story, but it seems to be without necessarily even knowing, letting Albert know. I mean, I'm sure he got a heads up a little bit, but it wasn't like, you know, hey, let's figure out a way to make this work. You know, it's not a, we've seen it in St. Louis sometimes where, okay, we can't use this player, but let's find him a good pro- opportunity. Yeah. Let's see, if, see if there's some place that he can be, you know, at least have a chance to play. And I can't believe that, you know, especially if you're eating, well, you know, you're going to have to eat the whole contract if you're releasing. I can't believe that if you didn't offer to pay most of the contract, you couldn't trade him off to a, a Kansas City or, or something. At least try to find some spot that might work for him. Um, I, I don't know. It, it just didn't, like I said, you, and granted, th- there's a lot of different things, but the Cardinals typically are not going to do that. And you're right. I think it's very, very telling with the Matt Carpenter thing because it's not just Carpenter's contract. Um, it's what Carpenter has brought to this organization. Um, I think anybody else, they might have really thought about releasing by now, but Matt Carpenter's given a lot to this organization over the last 10 years, and they're not just going to cast him away for that. They're going to, you know, they might minimize his role. They might, you know, try to, you know, make him more of a pinch hitter versus, you know, playing every day. 
but they're not just going to, you know, sit him out and let the trash come by and pick him up. Yeah, I mean, completely agree. And it's a, uh, yeah, it's a weird situation. I mean, there is an element to me that's still kind of shell shocked. I mean, I, mm-hmm. probably for the first five innings, I felt that way. And it was one of those to where I was even, I wouldn't say bitter, but I was disappointed that he didn't come back. But I completely understood from both sides how it happened. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I completely understand. I was just looking at his baseball reference page, too, to see, you know, he's, he's 33 shy of 700, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of seems astronomical when you look at the last two years. But you never know. Um, you know, wants to give a run somewhere. And you're right. I mean, you would think that there would have been a trade partner out there. I mean, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't end up in either Kansas City or Chicago with the White Sox at this point. Um, but uh, you also wonder if they did their due diligence to try to find somebody to uh, to take that, you know, with actually, with no money coming back one way or the other. Mm-hmm. If they tried that, you, you, you just never know. It seems like a lot of things happened in a very short span of time considering that uh, the first reports were that he was just disgruntled from something you know last night's game on the west coast yeah. and we're talking about it at noon in central time zone right right yeah it came along i was home for lunch and uh doing some stuff so i didn't turn on the ball game and so when i got back to the office i had twitter up and that was there and it it took probably 20 30 minutes before i actually put up game day to find out what was actually going on in the game because oh, you know, it you know, it was like nobody was talking about it. It was all focused on that. <laughs> that's, that's the, and yeah, it was the broadcast. It was, this is ter- going to sound terrible, but there was, <laughs> I mean, it was the breaking news and it was almost, you, you expected the worst, the way that Dan yeah. was talking. And I was like, Oh, and then you hear that and you're like, Oh, that is pretty bad. You know, I was, I was actually busy. I was working through that first part of the game I was watching, but and I was like, let me close this out and let me find out, you know what I mean? So I was actually only a couple minutes late, but yeah, I mean, it was, the news was, it, yeah, I'm completely surprising. Which of course, I mean, and we've, it's not like this is the first time this, these thoughts have come up, but now it's present. It's here in our reality um, brought up the idea of bringing Albert Pujols back to St. Louis. Um, the pros and cons to that. What's your initial feeling or what was your initial feeling with that idea of, of letting Albert come back to St. Louis? No, it, it's, it isn't fan. You know, I fanned out a fanboy without a doubt. I was thinking, how could that work? You know, because that's one of those situations of that's, uh, you know, that's your, uh, that's your victory lap, you know, yeah. to come back and to see, if you can get you get some magic out of it, but he just can't do many things, and that's the thing that worries you a little bit. And you know, when I had seen somewhere, I think BJ Reigns was funny. He said, "Who would you rather have pinch hitting in the seventh inning, Edmundo Sosa or Albert Pujols?" You know the answer to this, but it just seems like there's a whole lot of moving parts to make that happen. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like he's destined for a DH city, and I, and those are the ones that that stuck out immediately. I was thinking with all the injuries in Chicago, I could see that with Larusa really quick. Um, Kansas City makes a lot of sense because that's also you kind of get back to Kansas City where he went to school, uh, and they could use him. I would love to see it in St. Louis just because you would hope that that at some point this season that those stands are packed or close to packed and he gets, mm-hmm. gets another shot, you know, that would be interesting, but I just, I feel like it's just too difficult to, to make that happen now. 
it really boils down to, you know, we, we give the card, I say we fans in general give the Cardinals or any team a hard time because they're not trying to win, you know, quote, quote, you know, the Cardinals didn't spend money. The Cardinals didn't do this. The Cardinals didn't do that. Why are the Cardinals, they're playing Matt Carpenter. Why are the Cardinals not wanting to win? You know, why aren't they putting their best team out there? We hear that a lot in spring training, right? You know, this guy was, you know, tearing up spring and why is he not going North? Why don't they want to put their best team together? And yet we're talking now, you know, a lot of people are turning around and say, bring Albert Pujols back. I don't care what the results are. I don't care what it matter, what it does for the team. I want Albert Pujols to end up in St. Louis. I get that. I'm, I'm right on that line too. I mean, I'm not necessarily, I'd rather enjoy my baseball team. I want them to win, obviously, but I'd rather enjoy it than it to be a soulless, you know, they put up a hundred wins, but it's not much fun to watch. Sure. Uh, you know, and, sure. And part of what that is, is the connections we have to players. So I get that. Um, I, I, in fact, I've advocated that if in 2022 that the Cardinals are using the DH to bring Albert back for that. I didn't expect, you know, didn't expect him to be available now. Figured at the end of his contract with the Angels, Maybe they could bring him back for a year. He could DH or at least to be a part-time DH. You have a little bit more opportunities. I just, I, and if the Cardinals wanted to get him, that's great. If September was a 40-man roster again, I definitely want them to go out and get him for like August and September, you know, and, you know, have that last push, like you said. But I have trouble right now. They're not going to, uh, we just talked about the loyalty aspect. They're not going to get rid of Matt Carpenter. I can't see a bench of Matt Carpenter and Albert Pujols, who are <laughs> very similar players right now. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Both of those guys give you a better chance of a big moment as a pinch hitter, but they also give you a lot of opportunities for strikeouts or, or some other weak contact. And, you know, if there's a runner on third with less than two outs and you're asking me who you want up Albert Pujols or Ramon Sosa, it might be Sosa because the Sosa might be more likely to put the bat on the ball and get the runner in, you know, yeah. um, if it's a, now if you need a two run home run, obviously you go with Pujols, but so I don't know. I think it was very interesting also today. Maybe you saw this as well that people were, were showing that. And, and I, that again, we're, we're keep coming back to Matt Carpenter, um, that Albert Pujols had better, you know, hit rates and yeah. hard hit balls and things like that. than his numbers showed again, the same discussion that we've had for so long this, this year. I mean, does that, does that sway you? Do you think that there's an idea of, you know, coming to St. Louis, that little extra of, Adrenaline, a little extra emotion could play out into something. <laughs> I don't, man, I don't know. I mean, it's funny. It's it would be easy to talk ourselves into this. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Because it, just like you said, you're just like, hey, this is a fan's game. That would be a lot of fun. One at bat a night would be a whole heck of a lot of fun from what we'd mm-hmm. seen before. And you may catch lightning in a bottle, but it's also one of those. That, I mean, 
that this is a situation where maybe you would even want the DH. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's and it's one of those the only two. one. I would, yeah, yeah. And you're just like uh, that would be so awesome. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, does the does what does what we have going on right now as far as hard hit rates and and uh, and some of the outline outline numbers are is there any is there anything that the Cardinals are doing right now maybe scratching their head thinking eh, wait I don't know how much we can buy into these which that would be tough but bringing in a, a Hall of Fame first ballot Hall of Famer who his best years were in your uniform to uh, give it a run would sure be interesting it would be it would be. I went to look just now because the idea came to me of Will Clark, right? Yeah. You know, that idea that he came over from Baltimore, had a great 50 games with the Cardinals, you know. But then I looked it up, and yeah, he was much better with the Cardinals. He had a OPS plus of 167. But even with Baltimore, he had an OPS of 129 plus. I mean, he was doing well. He was hitting over 300 for the Orioles. Yeah. It wasn't like he was just absolutely terrible. They traded for him and he caught fire, um, which we have seen occasionally happen with Cardinals, usually with pitchers. Sure. Um, so it wasn't, it doesn't really mesh there. But um, I mean, the good thing is the Cardinals don't have to do it right now. I mean, there's not a line of people waiting for in fact you know we did we talked about you know the white Sox or the royals or whatever and the white Sox, at least one article i read have already kind of said they're not interested you know they've got their dh uh in their young guy that's that's hitting really well now yeah. I forgot his name um and he can't play anywhere else but dh <laughs> and you know they got yeah. jose abreu at first and he's not going anywhere i think there's an interesting I don't think they would happen, but with the fact that Joey Votto's out in Cincinnati for a while, you know, but then Albert would have to play first base every day. Yeah. And I'm not, I mean, he's not, he's not decrepit yet. I don't think, but I haven't watched him play. I mean, he hasn't played a whole lot of, he played some because they had uh, Otani de-aging. Yeah. But I don't know that he'd want to play every day. And I don't know that the Reds would want him to play every day. I think they play some sort of part-time thing. Maybe, I don't know. But I just hate that. I I would like to see the Cardinals find some way to have him for a little while. Because I just don't like this idea of just being cut and gone. Um, I don't feel like we see that too much with the the Hall of Fame types anymore. I'm sure there have been some. And there's obviously that time where these guys can't you know, maybe don't accept that they can't play, but it feels like so often now it's like a guy might get to the end of his contract and nobody signs him, but it's not a, or, you know, or they retire, or they come up with something, but I don't, I can't think, I mean, you see Miguel Cabrera still playing in, in Detroit, but you know, I don't think they would actually cut him or anything like that. I can't think of a similar situation where, you know, this first ballot hall of famer type is just kind of, summarily let go especially this early in the season yeah yeah i i'm trying to think of the situation that's similar to this and i really couldn't mm-hmm. um you know up until now um i was trying to think of you know winfield kind of went out on his own, on his own terms and some of the stars that made it into later years <laughs> i was just trying to kind of think of some situations like that i couldn't find one like this 
Um, yeah, I mean, even like Barry Bonds kind of yeah, that was his career, but yeah, you know, it was just kind of hit it hit at the end of a season and didn't come back. Yeah, know? I mean, it was, and he still had a big season that year that he, <laughs> when he did it, and you're just like he could play at least fifty, and yeah. you know, there's enough enough things circling him that it is yeah <laughs> yeah hate <laughs> yeah. yeah. it because he would help somebody, but you know. It could yeah. happen. So, yeah, I don't know. I was surprised just now to find out that, that Albert's played 20 games at first this year. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised. Yeah, I, I, I've, t- I've turned it over there a couple times on the later evenings and have seen him play. But th- I don't know. I always felt like it was a one-off type situation. So, I don't know. I was, it surprises me. Well, like I said, I think it's been Otani playing to DH. A lot yeah. has forced him over there. Um, yeah, that was one. I mean, I always – I didn't always, but often would try to turn on the Angels game, like after the Cardinals game or something like yeah. that, with the hope of catching uh, that bat or seeing Albert or something of that nature. And I guess, I mean, he hit the two or three home runs, like what, real early, really quickly in succession. So I thought, honestly, I thought he had more home runs than three this year. Yeah. Um, I just thought I'd miss some. So, um, and that's the problem is three homers, one double, uh, Wait, no, I've looked at the wrong line. He does. He has five home runs. Five, he has three walks. That's the kicker. Uh, that is, oh, I got to catch up real quick. That, okay, yeah, I got you. That's got not you. the yeah. Albert Pujols that we're used to. It's yeah. um, not seeing those uh, those walks. But five, five homers, 12 RBI. I mean, but even on – I just – the problem is, again, I mean, there's lots of problems, obviously. We've, uh, uh, but one of the biggest ones, I think, is even – if the Cardinals could find a spot for him like that, that pinch hitting DH when we play American League in American League cities, um, things like that, it sounds like Albert wants to play more. He wants yeah. to play regularly. Yeah, and I don't. And also between that and I don't know how you can get on any kind of groove. We've talked about this a lot. I'm not sure he's going to be able to do much better getting ten at bats a week. Um, I just don't see how this all meshes together. Yeah. I mean, it, it's tough to draw the lines. It really yeah. is. And I thought about that. But, I mean, through a good portion of the game today. Yeah. To, yeah. How can this happen? And it's, uh, you know, it's sad to say that it, it's it's tough, but, boy, it would still be fun to watch. It's crazy for me. I just I just found this out, I think, this year that uh, he, he is the all-time leader and in, in ground into double plays. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I knew yeah. that. I, I knew that was his kryptonite. You know, that was. That's it, it, I mean, he was yeah. doing that in St. Louis sure. too. I mean, he has two hundred something because he hit the ball so daggum hard. Yeah, you know, I agree. You let it right at somebody, then you're probably going to double somebody up. But um, it's not that it's all that his speed, although his uh, speed as of late is probably non-existent. So. Um, yeah, I don't. It's a it's an interesting situation, you know. If the Cardinals bring him back, you know we're all going to be excited about it. Absolutely. But you know, there's for the fact that we've talked about Matt Carpenter and the bringing back <laughs> Yachty, Yachty and, and yeah. Wainwright. Even this is not an organization that's typically that emotional about things. I mean, they like those kind of situations but they don't necessarily like to pay for it. Now, granted, Pujols is coming in at league minimum. Somebody else is paying him $30 million. Um, but they want to win. And, I, boy, I just like I said, I just can't see a bench of him and Carpenter, Sosa, Kisner. I just, that didn't, that didn't give you much, I don't think. 
No, no, and it's it's just tough. And like I said, we the euphoric idea of mm-hmm. it is awesome, but the practical, it's just oh, man, it just seems impossible to do. But boy, well, that's that standing ovation every night would sure be awesome. Yeah, I mean, we saw you know 2019. Yeah, and granted, I, that had like nine years of pent up stuff, but it would be probably pretty similar most evenings. Sure, I have got the uh, Angels game running in the background, and it at first pitch until eight thirty five or something like that, and they're doing a farewell to him right now beforehand. I don't have the uh, sound up, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, interesting. I I I wondered what angle they would play on it. Yeah, you know, either you know. They could lead the bad guy really quickly on this. So yeah. I thought that it may be a not even touch it much, but uh, they sure aren't doing that. Yeah. And I, and I will say, you know, the for however unceremonious this might've been, the angels did put out immediately put out a statement saying how, how grateful they were to have Pujols and how great he was and all that stuff. It's not something you necessarily usually see with the, you know, a DFA. Um, so there's that. I think yeah. I'm just really, I need to talk to, you know, maybe I have a little bit with the playing peppers, but I'd like to talk to a blogger from out there and just see what, I mean, obviously Albert doesn't have the same cachet out there as he does here because he grew up. I mean, he became Albert Pujols here in St. Louis. Um, we obviously have a deeper connection to him than they do, but I'd still like to know what they, you know, what they think of Albert Pujols. Is he, I mean, because they hasn't been, you know, his career is almost starkly split from yeah 2011 being great and 2012 being not so much. Um, you know, that, that as soon as he, it's like he left St. Louis and it, you know, his magic powers went away. Yeah. Um, and so when you pay that much money and you get a player like that, who's not what you're necessarily expecting, plus he gets surplanted by Trout and, and Otani's probably too. Yeah. Like, I just figure they like, got a connection to him, but I just don't know how strong it is. Yeah, I agree. And you know what's funny? Yeah, I I went back to his baseball reference page just now to look at that, and I I can't br- <laughs> his forty home run year and his last All Star appearance was fifteen, mm-hmm. and I remember that was the year he was also in the home run derby, and it was if you remember that was a massive deal, and I remember yeah. those numbers. I was like, man, he that guy, guy that's crazy. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's he put up some pretty big home run numbers. But after, if you're looking at OPS plus, I mean, he had one year that was, you know, I mean, he was, he, he would have been, it would have been a hero for the Cardinal as a Cardinal. But on a West Coast team with a de- designated hitter, it wasn't great. But I mean, I would take those home run numbers any day. But you're right. I didn't, I didn't realize the drop off happened that quickly. I know that injuries happened a lot as well, but. The time just flies, and I was surprised that that we were that far out from that year, that All Star season. Yeah, yeah, and that's the only year in Anaheim that he was an All Star. Yeah, was 2015. Uh, only the first, only twice did he get MVP votes out there. Wow. Um, in 2012 and then 2014. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows what his career would have been? Obviously. Obviously, it was best for the organization that they didn't sign him to that deal. Um, I think he might have. I mean, we obviously we saw the some of the first signs there in 2011. He hit under 300. He, um, you know, he didn't have 100 walks. He 
he just wasn't quite the same. He was still very, very good. Obviously, he was fifth in the MVP voting in 2011. But you could see that maybe it was starting. I just don't know where he would have been. You know, some of that in the familiar area, familiar spots, didn't have to learn a new new thing. You know, where the injuries would have come, I'm sure they would have come as well, but would they have been the same? But then again, he didn't have the DH to help him, so maybe he would have been out longer. I, it would be very interesting to know where his career would have been. Um, yeah, no, I agree. You know, Bernie Nicholas always had a good quote, a good comment. He said, Albert wanted L.A. He didn't realize that he got Anaheim. Yeah. And he said, because it's just, it's a different world and, and it's funny. Now this could go in a different direction. I know we don't have the time to do this, but yeah, we got uh, all the time of the world. Well, it, it's <laughs> one of those to where I am very good about griping about other teams, ownership and management on here. And I've been called to the carpet before and I was right. I don't care what they say, but uh, <laughs> is Marino as bad as the Montforts and Denver about making decisions like this? This is a good situation. I mean, obviously he's a different type of owner because he does spend money. Yeah. Um, but he definitely at least seems to have quite the overbearing hand, if you will. Yeah. That being said, I don't know if, if he – I doubt this was his idea. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was the big recruiter for Pujols. He sure. was the one, and I don't have any idea what their relationship – has been over the few years, but I'm sure it started out really well. Um, I'm sure this was the front office saying, look, he's not happy. We need more production. Maybe it's, it's time. And he signed off on it, obviously. But um, I don't know. Now, it's very weird, crazy, strange. I mean, again, if you're going to cut a, a Pujols, you think you're bringing up like a prospect, right? Yeah. You know, or something. It's John Jay. Yeah. <laughs> bringing up John Jay to take Albert Pools' spot. And that's all sorts of weird, isn't it? Yeah. That surprised me when we when I read that this afternoon. I was like, what? Well, I guess he is in the fold. So, but uh, yeah, just strange. Yeah. And, and weird. And of course, you know, the Cardinals had Dex out there who's out for the year and, um, there's other connections. Lots been a lots of connections over the years, but uh, just to, to see Pujols um, being quote quote replaced by John Jay, yeah, seems a little a little strange. Um, all right, let's put that aside then a little bit right now, and uh, let's talk about what this team looks like, what this week has looked like. I guess we got to start with today. Um, Cardinals, you know, four game set with the Mets. They win the first two. They had to have this doubleheader. Let's, before we get anywhere else, last year we had the seven inning doubleheaders, and we were both like, okay, that's not bad. I think now that it's back to normal, I'm not as excited about these seven inning doubleheaders as I was. I think I'd much rather have the nine innings when it's only going to be like once every, you know, two months or something. Yeah, I don't mind the seven inning doubleheaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, I actually kind of like it. The um, if there's an element of speed to the game, to mm-hmm. to to those to those games that uh, you don't see at a normal time, and I I do like I said I love the idea of baseball having no clock, 
But I do like sometimes these kind of situations where there's a little more urgency in games where you're in about the fourth inning, you need to start making some decisions quicker than you normally have to. And uh, I kind of like that. You know, I do not think it's going to stay. I, there's a lot of business element that comes into that where they're going to do the split doubleheaders when they have a chance. I, I like the fact that the guys are at the, at the stadium already turning around and play again right away. I mean, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. And, and it's entertaining to get the games in that way just as a fan. Yeah, I mean, there's there's still obviously uh, reasons and, and good things about them. But I don't know. To me, it's like, Last year it was like everything's so chaotic that seven inning doubleheaders, okay, fine, you know, especially when we're playing like, you know, six of them a week. Um, but now it's like we've kind of gotten back to that normal stuff and to then to have that tweak in there. I mean, again, we still have the extra inning stuff, um, which is needs to be gotten rid of too. Um, anyway, <laughs> I just, it was a little bit weird for me you're not you're you're not on the on the extra on the on the 10th inning guys are you oh yeah uh, i love the runner on base no i, I mean that's uh i cannot stand the long extra inning games they're detrimental to the team they're boring to watch um i i don't know i i like a little bit of urgency and i like a little bit of change in that you know i mean obviously the cardinals won a game this week because of it so you know that's great um I still think that I, if you're going to do it and I don't want to do it, I think that you just play the game um, because I don't know. Yeah. Every once in a while you get the 17 inning game, but they're not that often. I mean, you're looking at, you're usually done by the 11th or 12th. I think, I think I haven't looked at the sets. I feel like they're done pretty early, but even if you're going to do that, I, put a runner on first or something like that. I just, you know, the fact that you can get two outs and then a broken bat scores the winning run, you know, I, I still have. I like, know. I like the fact that it's an immediate, it's an immediate baseball situation that you walk into, you know, for the first pitch, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the decisions yeah. have to be made and, and whatnot. And I, I really thought that there would be more bunts move over than we see in those situations. I really did. I, uh, I don't think you see that as much. I think you can be creative on some things, but uh, I think guys are still getting used to it. And and well, uh, and it that only works if you're the home team, right? I mean, because we've seen it too often. Oh, we saw it this week, I think. Let me see. Uh, I won't pull that up, but the Cubs and Dodgers had one of those games, right? That went. I guess it just went eleven, um, but went back and forth because they tied it up and all that. And if you're if you're the visiting team, you got to score two sure. or three runs. Yeah. Um, and, and not want to, you know, you play for one that, you know, the other team get one, you know, like I said, with that did the same thing. Broken yeah. Back, that's, so. I, it's an element that I like. Um, anyway, well, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that one. Um, people can tell me that I'm wrong or you can tell Alan he's wrong, whatever you want to do. Uh, we'll take it. Uh, yeah, it anyway. doesn't fit me either way. I, no, I get it. So, no. um, anyway, though, um, Cardinals win the first two got off a little bit. And uh, then they lose, yes, the second game of the doubleheader, which, okay, fine. Um, that's going to happen, especially if you've won six in a row, which is great. Then they have today's game. And I don't know if it was the Fuhl's news that made it seem so anticlimactic anyway. Um, I don't know if it was the fact that they walked 11 guys, including, what, two runs, three runs in. Um, it just didn't – it kind of had that – 
to me already. It already had that getaway day type of thing. It just did not feel like there was any kind of urgency, if you will, to that game until like maybe the ninth when the Cardinals had a, you know, a semi rally. I mean, they didn't get a hit from the, what, the second to the, mm, yeah, to the it was, ninth. Sure. Um, so you, you watched more of it. What you, what were your thoughts? No, I, I give Walker a lot of credit. I mean, he, he pitched really well. Um, they, they were overmatched for a lot of it. And that was the game that we probably expected to see on Tuesday night, I would assume. You know, without the rain and the grom, if he would have thrown. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, he just dominated him. It did feel like that a little bit. I uh, I get why they didn't play O'Neill today, you know, in one of those mm-hmm. situations. But it was uh, it was close to the A lineup, but not not completely there. And then we saw some uh, some uh, we saw some. Uh, yeah, it, it's just so tough to overlook the walks in that situation. Yeah. you know what I mean. That's what I keep coming back to. That yeah, there was a few rallies and they couldn't really get anything started in some innings. But yeah, you just you just felt it, you know shot in the foot on so many things. You know that where. Even 2-1 seemed like 9-1. And then when they scored the two runs with the bases loaded off Webb, you're thinking, well, this is out of reach. But to be one swing away in two different situations, you know, that probably says a lot about the Cardinals too. But I give Walker a lot of credit. And like I said, in a situation like that, I'm usually happy with a split. Um, You could kind of see last night coming. And then today turns into a crapshoot. So I I was all right with it. As frustrating as it was to lose like that, I I hope you don't see that very often. But, but yeah, I mean, I I could kind of live with it, but that doesn't make it any less frustrating. No, I mean, and and obviously, um, obviously the control issues have been there for the Cardinals all year. I mean, we've, we talked, um, I guess we didn't talk last week about Hennessy's career because you weren't, it was me and Katie Wood last week, but you know we, we had that issue with with that, and they have hit a lot of batters, and in the walks are high, and it you know that brings us to John Gant who pitched today, um, struggled, um, he, maybe the only time he hit the zone is when he hit himself in the head as well as he left the <laughs> the field as as upset as he was, um, a lot of I mean we've and that's kind of been his thing right we've we've. We've dealt with control issues with him. It just really flared up today. Yeah, in some big situations, you know, bad, big parts mm-hmm. of the lineup too, bad parts of the lineup. And, uh, yeah, man, he was walking a tightrope early. And you just thought, okay, get through this. They'll score some runs. You're going to be okay. You can get it handed over to the bullpen. And it just never seemed to uh, never seemed to fix itself. Then they lost the lead. And then the bullpen was just as bad. <laughs> you know, you're just like, man, this is tough to watch. And uh, you just hope that's an anomaly. And it, unfortunately, they do lead the league. I think I think Brad was saying today that they, uh, they have the fewest strikes thrown in the National League, which is troublesome. Wow. But wow. Uh, I was like, man, that, that kind of worries you a little bit. But, uh, but, yeah, I hadn't heard him yet until today, and it was just ugly to watch. I mean, it's one of those, even if they, you know, you could have walked away even if they did come back there in the ninth and said, man, they didn't really deserve to win. Mm-hmm. No, but I'd have taken it anyway. <laughs> anyway sure. But uh, but you're right. I mean, it wasn't a game that they really felt like uh, they, they were in, even though they were because the Mets couldn't do squat. I mean, the Mets left, what, 17 men mm-hmm. on base? I mean, that's just I – mean, you can't do that if you try. It doesn't feel like. Um, but they did. Um, the Mets are strange to me because when we watched them in the spring, I was like, boy, that lineup's really good. 
I was like, they're going to score a lot of runs. They're going to be a really good team. And I do think they're going to be pretty good throughout the summer, at some point in the summer. But, boy, they I mean, they are they're, they really struggle offensively. It's, yeah. it's nuts. And they've got some big names over there. Yeah, I mean, which is why Chili Davis is no longer the hitting coach. Uh, you know, gets fired during the series and the assisting hitting coach as well. Um, and, the, I mean, I think if anybody had said, hey, Francisco Lindor is going to be hitting – you know, in the mid 100s yeah. in the beginning of May, nobody would have believed you. But, you know, until he got a single in, um, <laughs> yeah. what, the ninth, he yeah. hadn't, what was it, 0 for 26? He'd yeah, been 0 for the series for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I was shocked. Walk, he walked three times today. So. Yeah, that'll get you <laughs> going. <laughs> yeah, I maybe mean, that's what it was. He was just so, so stunned that there was a pitch in the strike zone. He couldn't help but hit it. Um, but John Gant, um, as – uh, the, here's the log. He's walked three, three, five, two, five, and six. And he has, I mean, the only time he's gone past the fifth inning was the game that he only walked two. I mean, that's part of his problem, right? And I mean, yeah. even if he's worked around the walks, which a lot of times he has, he can't go deep into games because he's throwing a ton of pitches uh, with, with that lack of control. Yeah. And that, you know, it's a situation with Gant to where he has given you good number five starter production. Mm-hmm. And that's and I think that you 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 could probably get away with that. Uh, I think we're seeing some chinks in the armor. I think you're seeing a situation with Hicks out that you're probably going to need that other bullpen arm. And I think that you've seen enough out of Oviedo and hopefully Michaelis here in the next two weeks that you're probably going to see that transition a little bit more. And probably on the timeline that the Cardinals had the whole time, if that was the plan, not to leave him in the rotation the whole time. Yeah. So I think that we may be seeing what we have, what he has left of his starter gas, you know, kind of fizzling out right now. And we could probably see him in the back of the bullpen, which, which could be beneficial to the Cardinals. Maybe not beneficial to Gant because of his hope to start this whole time, but you can kind of see where, where this could be heading quickly. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had a little bit of issues with Gant in the past just because he seemed to fade in the spread and, and such. And, and part of it is, yeah, that, that little bit of lack of command. But, yeah, if you could stick him into the sixth or seventh, uh, you know, I think on a right. And I think either the starting – I think the starting rotation should have helped him in that regard and that he's, you know, he can dial up a little bit yeah. more. He can focus for a couple of innings. Um, the only worry I would have, and I don't – yeah, it's just – it's not logical necessarily. It's just the fact that, you know, if he only has X amount of innings in his arm, starting has taken a lot more of those out yeah and you know what's funny i right when you said that right when you started i was thinking the same thing is how many fatigue was an issue and you know he was so good until uh he was so good until he just completely ran out of gas would that have been 18 i'm thinking maybe even 19 i can't remember 19 i think but uh and you do wonder if he what if he blew uh if he used too many of those bullets yeah, and, and with the rotation spot, and he's not going to have enough longevity this year. That that does that did something that popped to mind. Yeah. Um, that said, I think he can be very very serviceable in a shorter role, um, and hopefully, I mean, he's going to have to get control. But you know, if you walk one over two innings as a reliever, you're probably okay. Um, it's when you walk four over five innings that you yeah. start having problems. Um, but it does feel like that 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 rotation time, you're right, is coming to an end. Whether it's Oviedo, who they don't seem to necessarily want to commit to just yet. Um, I mean, 
just because of probably roster moves and stuff like that. You know, we haven't, I was a little bit surprised that when they, they sent him back down today. Yeah. Um, which, which made a little bit of sense. And we can talk a little bit about Lane Thomas coming back up here in a little bit, but to get another bat while there's like an off day, what Monday and Thursday of next week. And um, I think there's another one coming up soon that they've got enough rest for the starters. So I guess it made some sense, but I still thought he might hang around and they could have easily juggled the rotation and slipped him into that fifth spot instead of Gann if they wanted to. But do you think they're just trying to wait out Michaelis because he's going to have to have a spot when he's ready? I was trying to do the math last night. If they, if they, I didn't, did he not say, or did Mo say four starts is what they expected. I was thinking, I was thinking they're planning for rehab starts and then, what, he went 57 pitches last night, yeah. so it's going to take a little bit of time to build it up. Sure. So that would be about right, if you would think. And I could see that. I mean, I, I feel like that's the – if he comes back – like today's report where he wasn't sore, I think is pretty is a pretty good sign. I think mm-hmm. they will probably fast-track that as much as they can after the four, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm an Oviedo fan. I'm a Michaels fan as well, too. But I, I really I really like Oviedo. And I would kind of hope that he would stick around and maybe make another start. I'm sure we'll see it, you know, within the art sometime with it during the season. And maybe it's beneficial for him to go to Memphis and grab a few innings as well. But, uh, but yeah, that would seem to make sense. If they're just kind of waiting it out for uh, Miles to come back and, and put him in the rotation. And then you're in that spot now to where you, you're kind of where you thought you were going to be at the, the start of the season and you can play from there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that – you're right. I think we'll see Oviedo again, but I, I feel like they didn't want to put him. I feel like if they if they put him in the rotation, they want to leave him in the rotation. Yeah, agreed. And with Michaelis coming back and everybody else, you know, again, even Gant with the control issues, but before, you know, in this last, what, two weeks, three weeks that we've seen out of the starting pitching, everybody's done well. All the starters have, and you're not to the point where you need to replace like two of them. That's not where what we thought or some people thought at this point in time, we might be seeing like a terrible Carlos Martinez. And is it time to move him to the bullpen or anything like that? Carlos is fitting very well out of the rotation and he's not going anywhere. So if you only have, you know, Gantt spot as a possibility and you've got Michaelis coming up, I mean, I I can see them. Yeah. Putting Oviedo and it's not like Oviedo has been around for so long and he doesn't need anything more at Memphis. Oh yeah. He needs that time. So uh, it makes sense to get him back into that rotation and, and we'll see him as a spot starter wherever. But um, I think they're just going to try to now that being said, if Gant goes out and walks six batters next time around too, they may have to kind of juggle some stuff around. Cause I don't know how much more, of, I don't know how long that rope is for, uh, for Gant. Yeah. It, it's, it's- if when you have options, definitely, I completely agree with that. I mean, it's because uh, it seems like it's just getting worse and worse and and more troublesome. And then things happen like this when you have a chance to uh, win a win the series today. That uh, these kind of things happen. I know you can't go one offs, but obviously every start's gotten a little bit worse, and and that's something that you're going to have to start paying attention to. So that's I completely agree. I mean, it's it's one of those to where sometimes you even ask yourself who gives you the better chance to win. And I like Gant. You know, one of yeah. those things, but I mean that that that, that comes to light whenever these things happen. Well, and you got to think that the the scouting report right now for any team coming to <laughs> yeah. is is just wait, you know, wait for him to throw you a strike. Yeah. Um. You know, I was 
I was a little bit surprised at some of the stuff, you know, just watching on game day of some of the things that, you know, some of the times they were swinging the bat just because it's like, you know, I'd, I'd wait because I mean, yeah. he's pretty much shown he can't hit the zone today. Um, and it wasn't, I mean, you, from what I could tell, you, you would know better because you actually watched. It wasn't that he was close. Either. Yeah, it wasn't I didn't, like you could blame it on the umpire. Yeah, he wasn't getting pinched. Let's put it that yeah. way. You know, I mean, there was a couple, you know, one of his bases loaded walks. I mean, it was, it was low, but I didn't think it was questionable at all. And no one argued. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know, one of those situations, you're just like, man, that's rough. And the walks, of course, didn't just stop amazingly when Gant left. Yeah. Um, you know, the Cardinals brought in. You know, Cody Whitley came in right there with the bases loaded and nobody out, walked a guy, wound up, I think he gave a ground out. Or something. I don't forget, but he said, basically, they kind of eventually walked out of that. Uh, Tyler Webb walked a lot of guys. Um, we just, I don't know that, I'd have to let me pull the box score up real quick, but I'm not sure that any reliever didn't have some sort of of walks today. Um, uh, Seth Elledge is the only one that didn't. He struck out two. Um, he gave up a base hit. So he was, he was the only one that didn't walk anybody. Um, uh, Jake Woodford only walked one in his two innings, but I think that was with the bases loaded. So. <laughs> um, I gotta, you know, I have, I want to, we saw Tyler Webb come in today. Tyler Webb again, <laughs> gave up, he gave up a hit and walked two. So those bases loaded, nobody out. They pulled him. Uh, this is like the second or third time this week that he's come in and not gotten an out, I believe. Let me pull up his game log real quick, but I'm pretty sure that's right. You know, I have said in the past, and I think it was tr- true, that he was a very underrated part of this bullpen. Um, however, he's also a guy that it feels like, he feels like one of those typical relievers that has a very short shelf life that can get by for a year or two, but it then at some point in time, everybody figures it out and it goes right off. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. And and we may have seen that with him. He has given up. He's been charged with because some of that's inherited runner scoring, which he put them on. So he's been charged with two runs in his last three outings. And I was wrong. He did get some outs. Um, So I'm I'm not, this is the only um, appearance he's had this year that where he hasn't gotten at least one out, but still, He's given up two runs, and in the last three outings, he's given up a, at least a run in the last four outings. Um, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of better options right now I'm sure in the, in the minor league system. I'm sure there are some that could be interesting choices. Um, and, you know, if you're looking for lefties, you know, they kind of tried out Flores yesterday, uh-huh. and that didn't work. Yeah. Um, at least not, you know. One, one outing, but still. Yeah, yeah. Um, how much, I mean, again, when you're seeing this out of out of Webb, I, I feel like we've probably had some spells like this before, but is there a spot where you think they kind of just say enough's enough and they let him go? I wonder. I, You know what? I'm not sure because I really think Shield has the – Shield. what we've seen out of Shield is that the trust factor really has to be built, and it takes a while to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's going to have to be somebody that replaced him. Now, Hennessy is coming along, but it also could be one of those situations where Cabrera has pitched so well that he gets put, he puts himself in a worse situation by taking over the web role, you know, and that's, uh, I know that, that there's a safety net with web that uh, Schilt feels in those later innings when, and which is a little bit troublesome. You hit the nail on the head though, is any reliever that you, you like, Hey, you, 
where you tell yourself and pull up the numbers, and he has been. Don't get me wrong; I don't mean this. Ooh. When you, to find the benefit of having a web, and he has been highly effective. Those are the ones that seem to crash the hardest. You know, the ones where you're just like, "Hey, man, it, it, this he's bitched a lot better than you thought he has. He's valuable. He's 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 good for the club." That only has a two, one to two year shelf life, and those things usually blow up. And that's one of the things I think about every time that I see him throw and have have um, appearances where he has trouble getting guys out. I'm thinking, well, is the shelf life over on that? I don't like to use the term flash and pan reliever, but it seems like sometimes right. that's the case. You know, you have one to two year maximum of where you're really getting guys out and you're doing it under the radar to where you have that one year where you can't get any guy out and then you can't throw a strike. You know, that's that, and that becomes troublesome. Yeah, looking quick, just a quick glance over his um, game logs. It looks like he, after he came over to, from San, from San Diego in two thousand and eighteen, there was a, four games in September of that year where he gave up a run in, you know, four straight games. Um, but two of those had unearned runs. Um, the other two were just actual just runs. Wasn't what we're seeing here. I can't find in a quick search that he's given up multiple runs and even back to back games, um, much less three in a row. Now he's a guy that always, it's like, okay, he gives up three or four runs in an outing and it blows up his ERA. But then, you know, for like the next month he's pitching well, you know what I'm saying? You get that one or two, but having it like this, I mean, it's, um, it's pretty rough. Uh, and I'm not saying that that it necessarily is the end of the line for him, but you know, I don't know. I mean, now it probably helps his case that Trevor, uh, Trevor Miller, whew, we're going back and back old to now. <laughs> uh, Andrew Miller isn't pitching very well. And of course he's on the DL right now. Um, and, you know, I was talking with Josh Gilliam this week uh, via text and when he when Flores came up and we're talking about three lefties in the pen I was like man I remember when we just usually had just one um, and uh, you know right now what's well, Cabrera and, and Webb I guess um, I feel like maybe with the three better minimum you don't need it but I don't know that there's an obvious replacement for Tyler Webb in the system um, left-handed a left-handed relief is I mean do you know of anybody that just stands out? Um, not off the top of my head. I'm going to. You're going to force me to go to the forty man on this. But uh, <laughs> of course, you know Flores was one of the options yeah. last night. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, you know, does something happen when Miller comes back? If he comes back, or you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, you know, that's uh, that's a good point. I mean, it's 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 kind of tough to to make those assumptions, but. Uh, about about web and you feel bad about doing it yeah, but uh yeah. but yeah you're right i mean it's uh you know what you know what happens here um where's the end game but you know hopefully maybe he he writes the ship and he's the guy he's the small appearance guy again i don't know maybe i mean like i said i don't i mean there does come to a point right that it doesn't matter if there's not a lefty to take his place if he can't get people out he can't be on the major yeah, exactly yeah i agree but you know, assuming that he can, this is kind of just a bad spot. I do look, I just kind of looked at Memphis's roster just to see, and, you know, maybe you could see a guy like Evan Krasinski, but he's on the disabled list down there. So you don't know 
Um, and I know I think he's normally a starter, but that doesn't mean he couldn't be, you know, a guy that they would bring up for a role like that. Um, so I don't know. Um, and, and look, a lot of these guys at, at Memphis, especially the ones that aren't the big, you know, the Libertors or the, or the Thompsons who aren't coming up for that kind of role, they need to play, right? Yeah. I mean, these are guys that haven't played, you know, finally getting a chance this week to, to get some time on the field. Um, and you don't necessarily want to just go grabbing those kind of guys up to, you know, drop them into what's a fairly important role. I mean, not that Tyler Webb's the key to the bullpen, but it's still, he comes into some big opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's uh it, the bullpen does seem to be coming around until you have like these blow ups mm-hmm. like today, but you know, you do wonder how many of the guys that pitch today who are, are ultimately going to play that integral role, you know, I mean, yeah. with Elledge and Webb and, and uh, who am I missing that went today? Um, uh, hang on. Wow, well, yeah, that's the uh, Whitley went today. Yeah, well, Whitley um, might. Um, yeah, he's probably the best one. Well, Cabrera yeah. did pitch yeah, today. Cabrera will be a part. I mean, that's but you're right. Elledge, Webb, Woodford. Yeah, nah. yeah you, they saved the, their big guns. You know, when they're, it's funny how how high Helsley's come up in the trust factor now. Yeah, you know, he's that's going to be some some big late inning situations, and he might get a lot of the Hicks appearances. To be honest with you, but uh, but yeah, if you. Whenever it's a one that's a must win, you're going to see you're going to see Helsley, you're going to see uh, Gallegos, and you're going to see Reyes. You know those that yeah. the, the trust factor is with those three right now the most, and uh, yeah. it's interesting to see the other ones because the, there's almost seems like a throwaway element, which they'll say they're saving bullets, but you know what I mean. I mean when yeah. you see some of the other guys. Yeah, and I mean that you got to have those guys. I agree. Right? I agree. Yeah, I like they, seeing everybody today. It's just yeah. You know. There's there's tears, and I, you know I got to figure out what Whitley's gonna be like. Uh-huh. I mean, he struggled a little bit at times, but we we've seen him be really good. Um, I think he could slide into you know maybe taking over Helsley's former role. Sure, you know? sure. Um, yeah, Helsley. I mean, I want to talk a little bit about that because of well, and that's the other thing we haven't even gotten into. Here we are. Huh, getting close to an hour and I know there's at least two topics still <laughs> left. So guys, if you're, yeah, hopefully we won't run you too long, but uh, hopefully you stick with us as well. Um, we've had this shift because Jordan, what Jordan Hicks is out. Um, and it looks like he's going to be out. Oh boy. That looks like a significant period of time. Um, They're going to take this one slow. I would assume. Very would slow. So. Um, and they're going to have to, it was, it, it's just, Boy, it's starting to feel, it shouldn't, but it's starting to feel a little Alex Reyes there, isn't it? It's easy to draw those comparisons. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, especially not seeing him at all last year. We understand there were situations with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, yeah, I mean, there's cause for concern out of the organization. You could kind of tell how they're handling it. And then they feel like, you know, let's not rush this situation, you know, because that's going to be a valuable arm for us. And, and I mean, I get it completely. But, yeah, I mean, I can see where you're, where you're coming from. And, and they may have learned a thing or two for the Reyes situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, obviously, Alex Reyes is, is not where we expected him to be, not where they wanted him to be, not not the starter that they thought he was going to be. Um, but he's obviously being very effective in the major leagues, and there's there's value there. And the fact that they don't expect Hicks to be a starter anymore. So that's... Always good. But yeah, so Helsley has shifted up and, and given how, you know, that first week for Helsley was pretty rough um, for him to be able to kind of make the adjustments and then to come in to be 
he's kind of the seventh inning guy, right? I yeah. Mean, him, then Gallegos, then Reyes. Pretty sure. much on anything. So um, for him to be able to take that, you know, make those adjustments, I think that's pretty cool because, you know, a lot of guys, they might not have been able to do that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, in Cincinnati, I was thinking, you know, after the 10 days, we, that may be one of the first moves that we see is to go mm-hmm. down to maybe the, the instructional camp right about the time, just shy of when minor league season will start, and then they'll start figuring some stuff out. And that, that whole idea of mine was blown out of the water because, they're boy, they're moving a lot of players, you know, yeah. right now. Yeah. But to see Helsley bounce back to be such a pivotal part and a trusting part, I like to see him uh, come back in. That says a lot about him and says a lot about his future, I think. And, and I don't believe that – he fits into that flash in the pan category, or I hope not, of good relievers. I mean, he's got really good stuff, and he's one of those that, that I feel like the – now, we talk about this all the time. I mean, he's probably pigeonholed as a reliever, but you'll hear starting opportunities of him as, as things goes along. I mean, he may be on that periphery like, like Gant has been. Yeah, I just – yeah, I agree. I mean, I know Kyle – uh, Reese has talked about his, you know, his four pitches, and he really should be a starter. And, and Kyle's been on that bandwagon quite a bit. Yeah, I just know. I mean, uh, Katie and I talked a little bit about it last week about the idea: of would they actually shift from Alex Reyes as the closer in midseason, trying to build up his innings? I don't think they will. I, I don't think either. He's stuck yeah. there, and I think he's going to throw. 60 or 65 innings and we'll see what that does. But I just, it's so hard for a, a, a pitcher that has turned into a reliever to get back to the starting rotation. Yeah, I mean, not, not like the Wainwright and the, and the Martinez who they knew were going to be starters and they let them be that middle relief long man. I mean, which of course Wainwright then wound up being closer, but not for very long. Um, I'm talking about the Helsley's the Rosenthal's, the Hicks, the guys that they turn into that seventh, eighth inning thing almost immediately. Yeah. Don't come into the major leagues. And it's just, I mean, yeah, we saw Gant finally after what, two years, three years, get a chance to be a starter, but it's not going to last. And it wouldn't have if Michaelis had been healthy. No. Um, I don't think he would have, they would have even, I think they were just kind of covering their bases with that. If Michaelis had been healthy, Gant would have never started this year. And I, so I do, I agree. I think Helsley has the potential to, but you know, I just, it, the farther you get away from that, yeah, uh, the harder it is to get back. Sure. And I'm not sure that I'm not certain that that has ever really crossed their mind because if you yeah. remember a couple of years ago, even before he made his debut, uh, Mo was when we were at the uh, the blogger event. He was talking about some up and you know hard throwing minor leaguers coming up, and he specifically named Hicks and Helsley. Yep, and he was talking about bullpen guys, the, the bullpen additions potentially. And I was like, wow, that's yeah. I mean, you could draw a line really easy on that one. What they think of him, you know? And that's and I agree with the completely agree with the Reyes deal. I I if you truth serum to me, I I would have thought. That Gallegos, Andrew Miller, and potentially Cabrera may have gotten mm-hmm. some closing some closing opportunities by this time of the year, and Reyes yeah. would have been extended a little bit more. I don't think that that's the case. I think he's their closer. I felt like that after about the first two weeks of the season, and that's where he's going to be, and that's where they trust him the most. It does seem to be. I mean, I can't – like I said – even if everything's going right well, and even if Jordan Hicks was healthy, the idea that they're going to 
train horses midstream just didn't i just don't see them because yeah. if something goes wrong then you know if they start losing games blowing games late then they have to try to switch back and i just don't see that but they keep talking about you know trying to get that to that hundred innings and i i don't know i mean and especially if hicks winds up missing a significant part of this year then it's unlikely he's going to be the closer to start next year Mm -hmm. right yeah if he's not and if he's not starting if he's not the starting closer next year then it feels like Alex Reyes will be. And if Alex Reyes is the closer next year, I would just about lay odds that he'll never be a starter again. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And then you you have to throw in the Hudson situation for next year. You're going to have yeah. to throw in what they can get with Michaelis. You know, it's that will be interesting because then you still have Oviedo. You still have your Woodfords. You have these guys that are knocking on the door. That uh, And I think that that's two different tiers even at this point. But, you know, here's another thing, too. What becomes of Tommy Parsons? You know, that's Mm, a name that I feel like we're going to see in the bullpen relatively soon just to give him a shot because they always seem to reward those guys that pitch well in spring in in that vein and work hard. And and Shield had a lot of trust in him in the spring, so that's another name to think of. But but that's a great point. I mean, I'm not certain that – I would love to see Reyes start. But the, mm-hmm. the more success he has right now, the less I think we have a chance of seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, with Parsons is a guy that we thought might, you know, he kind of faded a little bit late in spring, but, you know, for a while there, it looked like he might have a shot at, you know, making the roster. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a good, a good May, a good June, uh, depending on when the opportunities are, you know, maybe that's a guy that does get a chance to come up. Um, I don't, um, you know, you're right. Next year's rotation already with, you know, Flaherty and, you know, what did they do with Carlos Martinez's option, especially if he continues to pitch this way? Yeah. Hard to see that they, they don't pick it up. You know, we'll see what Thompson and Libertor look like. Libertor makes his first start tonight. Yeah. Looks pretty good. You know, those kinds of guys, are they pushing on the door? Are you looking at, again, six or seven or eight arms for a rotation? You know, in which case maybe it's like, all right, well, we know Alex Reyes can pitch over here. Yeah. Um, he might be good in the rotation, but we got so many arms. It's yeah. well there. I and, and I know that we're trying to transition to the outfield, but I just, I've got to say the outfield performance may determine a lot of who starts next year in the rotation. <laughs> if you know what I mean? I mean that yeah. some of these guys that we keep mentioning may not be in the organization next year and may turn into an outfielder. That's true. That's true. And they, the outfield is, is an interesting little situation right now. Tyler O'Neill is hitting pretty well. seems like feels like since he came back from his injury, um, he's not only necessarily had some power, but he's been a lot more consistent at the plate. It feels like I know he sat today, but I, I feel pretty good about him out there. I feel pretty good about Carlson out there. Obviously you've got Bader who hasn't, you know, obviously hit that three run home run last week. Um, He's still kind of getting his feet under him. It's been like a week since he's been up. Um, I don't know what we're seeing there. Yeah. Um, Justin Williams. Was, Justin Williams has been all over the place this year. I agree. I mean, yeah, I agree. And I like Williams. You know, I mm-hmm. like that. I like what Williams brings, but I still don't know what he brings. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's, yeah, because, I mean, there's, there's, there's days like, was it today, I guess, that he made a great catch? Yeah. Oh, it was there's, awesome, too. 
yeah, there's days that he's out there and it's like he has no clue what's going on. Yeah. You know, we've seen him, you know, just completely flat out drop balls that it's like, what in the world? Um, we'll see him, you know, he spent a lot of time striking out, especially early in the year. But we've seen him hit some big, big home runs yeah. and he barrels so, balls. I mean, it's, it's yeah. crazy. So figuring that whole thing out is still kind of weird, especially now. But then the Cardinals go and bring back Lane Thomas today. And again, we talked about this a little bit ago. Bringing up a bat makes some sense. We don't need as many pitchers. But, and we, we and I were talking about this before the show. You know, the Cardinals, when they sent Lane Thomas down after his really bad game, what was it, second week of the season? Um, did it very emphatically and sending him to the alternate site. And then I think they moved, is that when they moved Dakota Hudson to, to the 60 day so they could free up a spot to probably bring Scott Hurst onto the 40 man roster. The 40 man roster is now full, which young know, and it was then too, but they've taken away one of those options and they made such a point of this. They made these moves where they could have just let Thomas kind of sit on the bench for a couple of days and, you know, try to get through to him. They did all this with the idea. And I know that Kyle has talked about it. You've talked about it. This idea that he would probably do really well getting repetition in Memphis, letting him play every day at Memphis instead of, you know, pinch hitting and doing a little bit in the major leagues, um, get his confidence up before he came back. And yet, you know, he gets sent down to the alternate side and two days after Memphis starts, yeah, they're bringing him back up and he doesn't get those repetitions. He, you know, Hurst has already been sent down um, because of the, the return of O'Neill and Bader, but it just seemed again, there may not have been anybody else on the 40 man that, you know, I know Nagowski's still a little bit away. And I don't think he's coming back up anyway. Um, you know, Yachty's still a little bit off. Um, maybe that was the only real option to bring up a bat, but it still seemed a little bit strange to me that a guy that could probably use those reps is now going to sit and what be you know the fifth out option out of a out of an outfit. Sure, and it was one of those situations where today I kind of thought, all right, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's kind of beneficial to Thomas. I felt like he would sit down there and play to where he they would make him earn the promotion, you mm-hmm. know, it's type situation to put up some numbers and to show the work and to do that. Well, when he came up, uh, like you and I were talking this morning, I was like, didn't make a lot of sense. It almost, it doesn't seem beneficial to Thomas. And the first thought was, well, you're going to give Carlson maybe a day because of the foul ball, you know, right, and they made right. the comment of, of, of she'll make the comment about he's, Hit, he's hit the same spot repeatedly, you know, one of those type of situations and being a day game that you could probably get away with Thomas and, uh, and Williams today. Um, didn't do that. You saw Carl, you saw Carlson play, which I was glad to see, but you just wonder how much time Thomas is going to get. And, you know, we had had the conversations and there were some Twitter conversations going where he, you know, he had a terrible day, went down, they just needed a refresh. I just can't imagine what Thomas and Williams are going through right now because you know that the writing's on the wall that one of them is going to leave and one of them may be leaving due to release, not going to Memphis. I, I don't know how well that sets in the clubhouse, and somebody could probably tell me a little bit more. And I know that these guys want to be with the big league club, but boy, you talk about a ton of pressure in every at bat you get. I mean, that that would be tough to do. Yeah, I, you know, 
I will say, you know, two games in Memphis, Thomas went two for seven, had a double, had a triple, struck out five times in those seven at bats. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a lot yeah. <laughs> to yeah. me. Um, you know, again, it's nice to see the extra base hits, um, but I don't think you saw enough right there. I mean, if you're, and I guess Austin Dean hadn't been down long enough. I was going to say, well, if you're going to bring somebody up, bring Austin Dean, who's now down in Memphis, but it's probably not been 10 days since he was optioned out. So I, I can see that. It, it really very well may have been. That was really their only 40 man option to bring somebody up. And at some point in time, we'll see Thomas go back down. Um, you know, that maybe when Dean is hits that 10 day mark, they swap them around or something of that nature. Um, I just, I don't know. It just seemed weird. Um, I don't know if they know what they want to do with Lane Thomas. Yeah, um, I agree. That's what it seems like to me as well. So looking at this, here we are, you know, first week of May, still two months from the traded deadline. So a lot of things can happen. But are you thinking they're start to talk to teams, maybe not now, but soon, um, about – outfielders or do you think they're going to look at this mix and think there's enough, especially if O'Neill continues to hit that there's enough there that they can get by without that. Maybe look for something else. Uh, I think that they're, you're probably going to see another month run probably around mid June before you probably start seeing some of those rumblings or, or what they're doing. I mean, the way that I look at it right now and I understand there's going to be a situation where I'm going to come back and I'm going to say, you know, this is frustrating. This this outfield that they can't they can't move with this. <laughs> They've got to move on. But I will say, if you're going to have a situation where you have Arenado, Goldschmidt, and a third superstar coming along quickly, and Carlson do what they do, well, then man, a lot of the uh, a lot of the parts start fitting together really well about with some of the role players. I was really surprised how fluid the the outfield looked with Bader in center. I mean, it was a, it was an, a difference overnight how well they played, and he's one of those guys that uh, I don't know if anybody gets behind any outfielder in baseball gets behind a throw as much as he does. You know what I mean? And you could really tell the benefits that he brings to the team over the other guys. And I felt like the 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 move in the lineup has benefited Carlson, and the lack of pressure on Neil has benefited O'Neill. and that that probably goes a long way. I think that you're going to see a situation where you're going to have that fourth outfielder that can play the corner spots in case things go downhill with Bader to where Carlson can play center. But I think you're going to see a long run with the outfield they have right now just to see if these are the components they need and they think they can win with. And to be honest with you, it just seems like a different team. With Bader back, you have an, a, the speed element with three different players. You There's a, a level – there's an excitement excitement level that's kind of ramped up a little bit and it's been nice to see him back. And I, I kind of just want to see this group run, run for a little while. Yeah. And until recently, it felt like there, we were getting enough team was getting enough offense. You could do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, for a while there, they were really putting up runs. Now the last couple of nights or today and, and yesterday, last night, even the first game that they won, they put up four runs and some of that came late uh, off from Paul DeYoung. Um, but yeah, they, they, it feels like, you know, and, and Mike Schultz obviously going to leave this squad together. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's kind of proven he will. In fact, if it's like somebody sits out, just put their replacement in the same spot, um, which is not necessarily a lot of excitement when 
Matt Carpenter then about second or third, but um, it's also one game and better. Yeah, does I, I get I get the the argument against that. It does not bother me that he does that because the, I feel like you're 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 limiting the movement on everybody else when you do that situation. Yeah, I think I think he and I think he likes he wants Arnaud to be comfortable hitting fourth. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Not necessarily to change his mindset and stuff like that. And again, if it was like Goldschmidt's going to be out for a week or two, no, you don't do that. But for you know one game, I you know it's not that big a thing. I mean, obviously today you got a game where he's got a lot of replacements. He shuffles things around a little bit. So there, um, I don't know. I guess, you know, after all this and after we continued, it's still hard for me to at least believe that this team is, you know, now first in the National League Central, um, a half game out of the first best record in the National League, um, one of the best records in baseball. Um, granted that they're only now 18 and 14, so maybe that says more about baseball than it does about <laughs> the Cardinals. But... Uh, I mean, still, I mean, it's, I mean, just what, uh, you know, a week and a half, two weeks ago, we're talking about them being in the last place for a day. Yeah. Um, to see, you know, a six game winning streak was, was nice to see. I mean, I don't, last year, what they won four in a row. I think we looked it up. They, this four in a row was their high and it was late in the year. Yeah. Um, for them to win six, that, that feels like a lot, even if they, you know, they, didn't necessarily dominate all of them. They had to come back from home from a couple times, but it was nice to to have them start winning more games than they lose. Yeah, that's uh, that's just when you see six game winning streaks, and it's one of those when you watch the, a lot of the times that you're hitting on on all cylinders, and the role players playing like they have is was nice. I mean, it's one of those you could see where this could be a pretty good team for it's all said and done. All right, the Cardinals have three more games with the Rockies um, starting tomorrow. Um, I was a little bit off on their schedule. They have an off day on Monday. Then the next week they have the Monday and and, uh, Thursday off day. So there's three off days in the next 13 days. Two weeks, I guess, from today. So they're going to have some rest, although they also have to go out and play the Padres. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but bef- and before we, you know, the next time we record, they'll have played the Rockies and played at Milwaukee uh, for the first time. Austin Gomber goes tomorrow night for the Rockies. Um, that's going to be fun, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, we've seen Austin Gomber pitch. We've just never seen him pitch against the Cardinals, and that's going to be probably carve him up. <laughs> yeah, because it's a lefty they've never seen before. Yeah, so um, that, that that'll that'll do it. But. And, and Matt Adams is out there too. Yeah. Um, so old home week uh, for the Cardinals. That's, that's always fun. Yep. So that's, yeah. Yeah. It's, you think that this is a series they should go in, win pretty easy, but that's always when I feel the worst. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, you, yeah. you never want to get too confident, but you're right. This, this is a team. What the, the Rockies are. Well, I think the Rockies just beat the giants, didn't they? Um so who are who have the best record in the National League? So uh, you just never never know for sure with these guys. Um, you'd like to think that you're going to get shape, but um, you know they're running out some guys that well their ERAs aren't real great. But we'll see if that matters, being that it's a home field. And you know I gotta feel like you know 
no one's either going to have, no one Arnold is either going to have a really great series or a really terrible one. As he puts too much pressure on himself to sure. try to show some people off. So, I don't know. But it should be fun. Um, we look forward to watching those and then we'll get back with you next week to talk all about it and probably not go an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> Either, we'll have but, those games, yeah. And well, and we won't have a Hall of Famer getting rid of it. That's either. true. That was twenty yeah. minutes. You are that's, you're exactly right. I, a lot of and it was so. due. I I, I I was glad. So that's right. So anyway, uh, until then, you know where to find us. Um, and that is Alan. I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. Stunned in disbelief.